0: Hey! Welcome back to Maybe We'll Talk. We, uh, yeah. Uh, A podcast. I almost went right into it. Oh, why don't I? A podcast where I talk to people in various methods. On the phone, voice over IP, uh, in person sometimes? I don't know if I actually have published any recordings on this podcast of any in-person conversations, but, uh, it might happen. I've got some recording equipment, so does Pete, and we've talked about talk. There are some, some real-world people that we want to talk to that we may get to at some time. But anyway, today I am talking with Saint again and our friend Locke for the first time uh, that we went to high school with, so way back as, uh, as usual, uh, as far as me and Saint are concerned. Me and Saint have, you know, been covering Vampire the Masquerade, so deep time, 90s pop culture, uh, today we're talking about a book called *Blind Sight* by Peter Watts, which was a science fiction novel written in 2006. Uh, it has a lot of good ideas in it, uh, a lot of interesting ideas, I guess, I don't know if I should say good, and uh, yeah, uh, I listened to, to it, I had a lot of fun. These guys had read it, you know, in previous years, and uh, they both kind of got refreshed on the material and we had a conversation about it and here it is and before we get into it i did want to make sure i mentioned that this is definitely full spoilers and this is a very interesting book and uh yeah you may if you are interested uh pick it up and read it yourself it's a book about a spaceship and there's vampires and artificial intelligence and thoughts, a lot of thinking about human consciousness. So that's the non-spoiler review, and what follows this is the spoiler-filled review. Uh, First of all, it's very exciting to have both Locke and Saint here, uh, who I've known both of you for a really long time. Hello. Uh,
1: yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thank you. It's like uh, a high school reunion, but just the cool kids. That's
0: exactly what it is. Um, and I guess my first question to both of you is, do you guys reckon that you are experiencing consciousness right now?
2: I'm not really sure. Yeah. I would say that I'm a localized phenomenon.
0: Oh, that's quote, a good way to... Okay. To
2: quote yeah. Tycho Brahe of Penny Arcade. Uh,
1: that's a good one. I like I like that I'm a localized phenomenon. That is... That as is far really as I know. What I believe, I am some sort of like ongoing process yeah. inside this meat and electrical thing sitting at the top of my body. Um, yeah. And I mean, the rest of the body is also is also the you know as uh, as as Nishi oh. once said, the mind is but a plaything of the body um, oh
0: sure, yeah.
2: so I do think it would be really interesting to talk about uh whether human mind uploading whether either of you think that's something that's possible i it's a little bit getting into the weeds of the book or you know to start with, but um. I don't know, I just, I, th- I think that uh, so much of what we are is our nervous system and our biological processes interfacing with the electricity up there.
1: I think if you're going to end up digitally simulating a human consciousness, you're going to have to prob- probably digitally simulate their entire body, yeah. at, like the experience of them being in their body yeah. for it to work. Um. <laughs> it's so like this, basically. It's going it, it, to pre- be pretty similar to
2: this, probably. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I think. I think this has all happened before, and it will all happen again.
2: Time is a flat circle.
0: Yeah.
3: If you have enough Big it's- Bangs and universes in the, in the P-brains,
1: the bulk of the universe is spreading out through the multiverse.
3: Yeah. Here's my second question for both of you. Do you guys reckon that you are alone in the rooms you're in?
2: Are you talking about my skull or the room that I'm sitting in? The room or you're or sitting
0: in. Do you, are you sure there's nothing that you are not seeing nope. that's in the room with you?
2: Oh, yeah. I actually just read th- uh, that chapter uh, maybe 10 minutes before we started because I started going through the book again um well my cat is behind me so i'm definitely not
3: but, okay um,
2: in terms of aliens that are co-opting or uh non-human intelligences that are co-opting my sensorium uh so that they can just go out of phase with the uh, i don't i've only ever uh, read the word saccades yeah the saccades the jiggles in your eyeballs jiggles in my, my eye jiggles yeah no, i have no idea man <laughs> what about you yeah
0: uh yeah i no they're definitely i've seen them i've seen them my whole life okay right
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i've seen i mean so there's the floaters i definitely see the the floaters in my eyes more more and more the older i get but uh the the stuff that is in blindsight um about what our brains can can do under weird circumstances um or even normal circumstances i mean Every time that you pull out a memory in in your from your archive in your brain. Oh yeah. And you put it back, you oh, changed yeah. a little bit. Yeah, figuring that one out these days. Um yeah. you know, human beings are terrible eyewitnesses. And that's just like the prosaic stuff. You get down to like Cotard's delusion and blinds blood blind blindsight itself and these other things. Like there's no real reason to trust anything you're seeing or quote yeah. unquote seeing.
1: Like I, one, one thing that I, that I tell the people that because it's really easy to, to verify for yourself is to test for your own optical nerve blind spot mm-hmm. because the way the human eyeball is built, it's, uh, it's a reflector on like, the sort of back half of your eyeball, except for one little spot sort of in the middle where the optic nerve is um, and there can't be a reflector there because that's where the nerve is.
3: So, if you close one eye and you fix your vision on a point far away, and you stick out your
1: thumb, and you slowly move your thumb in front—I forget—I forget exactly how you do this—but it's, it's something like this: you slowly move your thumb in front while you keep your your vision fixated on the point away, and you'll eventually see your thumb. Boom! Vanish. Yep, I just did
2: it. You can do it Another one that's ball. super easy. You can do it with your thumb. Yeah. Um, not just your optic nerve, but your brain edits stuff out of your visual field. Like your like your nose is hovering in front of both your eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you pay attention, if you think about it, of course you can see it. you can you can see the point of your nose. Yeah. Most of the time you don't think about it. And same yeah. thing. Like I wear glasses. Any anybody who wears glasses, you know, full time, you know, has the experience of knowing that eventually you you don't pay attention to the fact that they're on your face. You don't you don't see the frames around the corners of your vision even though when you think about it of course you can see the frames around the corner of your vision when you stop and look but it's not important it's not important visual data for your brain to take in so it 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 doesn't pay attention it it edits it out that happens with whole experiences think about very yeah very routine boring experiences that you do every single day so that people joke about, like, I don't know what I had for breakfast. It's the same thing you always have for breakfast. The same thing you have for breakfast, like every other day. Um, and you don't think about it because that's, that's what you do all the time. You drive to work. It's the same every day. You don't think about it. You zone out. Um, and then, you know, it's a non-novel experience. So the, you know, the your brain has no, no need to, to write it down other than a sort of vague, generalized, like, yeah, the same shit happened.
0: And then you get to yeah, work the, and you don't know if you left the stove on.
1: Yeah, or you're, someone was like, Did you see the elephant? You know, what's, oh, what's the what's big? The, or did you, the, the did you see the black ape? The black gorilla. gorilla. Did you yeah, see yeah, yeah. The gorilla?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the line between lazy and efficient, as far as the, the human or any brain, probably, but our brains for sure, the line between lazy and efficient is pretty blurry. It all right. Do anything, it doesn't yeah.
0: have to do. Yeah. That makes a that. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Blindsight by Peter Watts. Mm-hmm. I, when I describe this book to people, I say it's a first contact story. It's That's a story, it's a science fiction book about meeting alien, you know, human beings meeting aliens for the first time. Um, and I also say it is the best first contact story that I've ever read. Yeah. And I, I include things like arrival and contact mm-hmm. You know, these are these are classic first contact stories. They're just amazing. Um uh you know, there's there's older first contact stories too, you know. I think of like some Asimov and, and Clark stories like what's that one? Child mm-hmm. is, Child is End. Sure. Yeah,
2: that's what I was gonna mention. Yeah.
1: Where like, you know, the aliens come down from space and they're like, Okay, everybody, give up your nuclear weapons. You're done with this shit. You guys have to be grown ups now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Enough screwing around humanity.
1: Yeah. Like you you seriously can't can't be fucking around and then it's Yeah, it's it's and they're all interesting, they're all different in their own way, you know. What's what's that there's that classic movie the day the world stood still. Yep, with um, Keanu they, Yeah, they're remade <laughs> with Keanu Reeves. Um
0: that's the movie where the guy says Clark Blatu Karatu Niktu or whatever it indeed. is. Indeed.
2: Yeah. yeah. We've, been, we've, been, we've been, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. Um, yeah,
1: and the thing about the sci-fi genre is that um, when it comes to people imagining aliens, it, it the interesting ones are always the ones where the alien is something really fucking weird. Something and not actually just, alien. Not just people with um like dick's glued onto their faces and <laughs> who are racial caricatures space barbarians. Of, you know of yeah. some other culture mm-hmm. um or like space cats or something right they act just like had space spiders they totally act just like evil spiders in space for some Wouldn't reason that be an alien thing to meet
4: yeah
1: right um but there have definitely been and i mean we you know obviously we were about to say this book involves some really fucking weird aliens and there have definitely been weird aliens before in science fiction like i think of solaris for instance yeah that's a
0: oh one. i don't i'm totally unfamiliar
1: um it's a sentient ocean oh, that covers okay. an entire planet somewhere out in space
4: okay they did that on star by,
1: trek yeah, yeah and it communicates by like weird psychic um things and in in the in the movie version they make they made a movie version they made several movie versions actually the latest yeah, one the latest version had George Clooney in it yeah. um that was like, good, actually yeah oh. it was apparently kind of good um and it like it like makes your dead relatives like appear in the space station
0: oh sure okay. and they're
1: like real people and that's how it tries to communicate with with the human beings all right sure. yeah, um, or you. yeah it's weird spoiler alert yeah, um, it's, it's creepy that's a, so that's, it sounds like yes yeah so that's, a, that's an example of like you know a, a non-human alien intelligence that's really weird um, it's hard to think of others that aren't just like you know again you know Star Trek aliens um, or stuff um, on your forehead Yeah, or, or space gods and you know people, just, and you, could, you should, people just yeah. kind of wave their hands and say, "You, their their motivations are impossible to understand." But then mm-hmm. they just mostly act like regular people who are godlike, you know. Um, I think *The Arrival* is a really good example yeah. of really alien aliens. *Arrival* is a really good one because they, you know, the this is that's a story that imagines, you know, creatures that view. The flow of time yeah all of reality come from way. a different angle in a,
2: in a different way you know that that's a take, really good job of yeah. uh replicating the short story in that movie so yeah. i thought it was really faithful it was really good
0: that movie would have uh, made a good short story yeah no, <laughs> so there, so there's, there's a, a really there's good short story in that movie yeah
2: well there's uh ted chang is the author who wrote um the short story on which arrival is based okay. and that whole book of shorts that he wrote is is killer
1: yeah i've read a couple of those you
2: recommended that to me a long time ago i feel like revelation space series has some decent weird aliens yes revelation space series is
1: good with that way there's some aliens that are he does have some aliens that are basically just weird but they're there but he does have like someone alien that I guess in retrospect now is probably based heavily on Solaris because Solaris was a, a story that came out. Not like, like the eighties. What are they called? The ones that break uh, you down when you go to the ocean. The pattern jugglers, which are That's like right. like a weird gasalt consciousness composed of like algae and um, like alien biomass floating in a, in, a, in vast planet oceans, and they can communicate with people by like invading their brains with like microscopic bacteria organism machine things. And sometimes huh. they take you apart part of a molecular level and sometimes they don't put, put you back
2: together and sometimes they put you back together and you're different. A lot like Siri, our protagonist from blindsight.
4: Yeah. A little bit like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Didn't quite, didn't quite come back the same. Well, according to the people who knew him.
0: When, when he was young or when he was an adult, he well, did yeah, not like, come back the so-
2: same. <laughs> well, well, we don't know if he well came said. back at all. Well, I
0: guess we, we I kind, think of yeah, that is kind of don't. You, yeah, You'll just have to imagine your Siri, Keaton
2: You'll just have to imagine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about Siri? Yeah.
2: What a cool uh, point of view character. Yeah. And what a creepy, like cre- I say, creepy perspective. Not because it's like, oh, he doesn't get people. Like that's BS. I, I just mean in the sense that, like. There are many things which Siri says, which it's getting into this like what are we conversation. Right. Um, he he's very reductive sometimes about like particularly when he's talking about his relationship with Chelsea, sure. uh, the woman that he's dating for part of it. He's I mean, like talking about um, like mating strategies and psychological tricks that people play on each other. And when I so when I say creepy, I mean he strips away a lot of the um the artwork that we drape over the processes of our cognition. Yes. And looking at the raw mechanics of things can sometimes be a little weird. It's like seeing a Terminator without its skin.
1: Alright. Right, right. right. Or seeing how the sausage is made as the as the goes. Um Yeah, and that's the thing too. I think it's really reductive in a certain way in its own way to say that Siri isn't good with people. Because that's not true. His whole job is to be really good with people. It's just that he has a really weird. He has he has a really weird problem, Um, you know. um, In his in his in the book, it is described how um, he has undergone a radical hemispherectomy. Hemispherectomy. Thank you. Radical hemispherectomy because of his terrible epilepsy as a child. This is a real medical procedure where they remove half of your brain um they remove half of the cerebellum the top part i think is that the cerebellum or the cerebrum anyway um you can do just fine without it the other half figures out how to how to how to work
2: yeah Um, well you can do just fine without it you is a really wiggly word in that sentence
1: yeah because because obviously that kind of radical brain surgery does tend to have a serious effect on people's personality and and psyche and i mean it's like uh i i don't know i don't know how it really goes that how how well it goes or, or, or what it's like for like real people in the real world um this a really oh go ahead but sorry. Know, i know I know, it, I know it's done i know i know it is done like right now today in the 21st century uh, in the real world but this is obviously so
3: corpus
2: yeah. close them. i know they do that part
3: yeah um but um this this
1: is obviously this 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 book takes place in the future this book takes place um i think the exact date is not quite fixed or no it is fixed actually it takes place um right around the turn of the 22nd centuries it's like 2201 or 2099, or something like that,
2: 2098. I'm um, really curious to know if they actually, if if we currently do remove half of the brain matter, or if it's just severing the two cores, essentially. Yeah, because they do it, so it really do. with
0: cotton or something.
2: Uh,
1: no, I think, I think it, you can, I, I don't, hell, I don't know. I don't know. It's
2: me. But, there's um, a really interesting yeah. talk that Watts gave that's on youtube that you can look up about um the basically like the bandwidth between the two hemispheres of the brain and like how fat that pipe is from a data perspective and that the corpus callosum is a fat enough pipe that the two hemispheres cohere into one personality and that when you oh, sever boy. that you sever that pipe. And so one of the things I don't you know, it's a really cool talk. I and mean, it's maybe an hour, hour and a half. It's worth watching. Um he has some really awesome insights about like ants and other and, like yeah. hive and all kinds of stuff. But the thing that he's most concerned about in that talk is that basically once you increase the baud rate, the the bandwidth um between a mi- pieces of a mind, it coheres into one. And he's like, so we're trying to build Neuralink with an unlimited data band. You get this thing installed and you might not even be there anymore it might just be the three of us as just one being because we have enough data a fat enough data pipe uh, it's a really cool idea and worth watching
0: okay yeah,
4: yeah. I,
1: I've, I've seen that explored in, in other science fiction too of the idea of gestalt minds of like a bunch of people they just yeah all plug themselves together with fast enough data transfer and they cease to really be individuals but he
2: does it even in the sequel in echopraxia
1: Yes, he does an echopraxia in the sequel to this. Let's not talk too much about yeah. but That That is also where I get the date for for blindsight, is is from echopraxia, I think, in his notes for echopraxia. So, but yes, Siri Keaton has undergone this uh this procedure to save his life because of his um his epilepsy as a child. Um and it's left him um it's left him with a weird ability to both, uh, read people
3: in a really startling kind of way to, you know, sort of see,
1: you know, the, the way that he describes it is, is to, is to see the, see the hidden depths from just the little ripples on the surface, basically. Um, But he's also terrible at processing or doing anything with his own emotions. Yeah. He's so fucking bad at it. And he knows it, too. Um, To the point where he feels like he has to describe his own emotional life as a Chinese room. Which it isn't. But that's how he feels like he has to cope.
3: um, With,
1: like his life basically um and uh the chinese room is is this whole philosophical argument um which is also kind of important to this book i guess um that um it has to do with whether or not computers can think basically and whether a complex enough mechanical system um, is the same thing as a conscious mind um and it's a weird argument it's i like when i Ultimately, I think it's a pretty weak argument, but it's an interesting thought concept. So the idea is if you have a person who's sitting inside a room and they have a big book in front of them with a bunch of symbols, the Chinese language, they don't know any Chinese, but they have a book with all these symbols and a book of rules that say, um, when you get a piece of paper slipped under the door of your room, um, reply with the following symbols or the following, you know, groups or sets of symbols. Um,
3: and write it on a piece of paper and stick it back under the door again. Um, so the room with the person inside working and the books and
1: the the you know the cipher pose or whatever, the the, the sets of, of how to respond to different stimulus can can sort of be said can can that Room in that process and that system be be said to understand the Chinese language, and most people would probably be like, N- no,
2: yeah, no more than I understand like C plus when I'm using a program that runs on C plus, like, right? It's just the interface.
3: So, um, that argument is kind of made to say that's why computers can't think, um
1: because the computer ultimately is not even a conscious person you know sort of doing you know because of course you take away the person in, in the chinese room then it's just the process there's no there's no thought there at all there's no there's nothing yeah. there <clears throat> um, but um there's a whole series of really complicated and formal philosophical and you know computational language kind of arguments around this this thought this thought uh jesus christ experiment
4: Experiment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you that's the word
2: i needed the edibles the edibles are kicking in nice i think it's i mean part of the problem is that it, we see it in a lot of these conversations as a binary. Like, does the, the thing under, does the resident understand the system? Does the resident not understand the system? When, like, very few things are binaries, everything's a gradient. I mean, I've had conversations with people where they were probably not fully conscious. They were, resp- they, it's like, hey, how are you? I'm well. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> like, that conversation. <laughs> you might not be interacting with somebody who's conscious when you're having that conversation. It's just a series of, it's like, when someone says this, I respond with this. I've had arguments like, with like that, that are just, it's the patterns playing out over and over again. And nobody's really engaging with what's happening.
0: Yeah. 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 Me too.
2: Yes. You know, we go through our lives like that. It's not like on or off. I mean, yes, I think there's an inflection point and it's worth asking you know, can a system be conscious? Well, what is consciousness? But even, you know, if we grant that there is something, that consciousness is a thing, it's worth asking the question. But I right. don't think it's an on-off.
3: Thing. Yeah.
1: And for me, I think it, what's what's always been interesting about these kinds of philosophical arguments about the mind is that it's
3: a lot of them, I feel like, are just... I, I I don't know they they just they just kind of spiral off into
1: into solipsism because
0: <laughs> yeah
1: we we have no fucking clue how the brain works or what we are or what we're trying to yeah. describe right now yeah <laughs> Consciousness is such a slippery thing. The mind is such a slippery thing. It, it slips
0: away it. from you for eight hours a day, and you disappear. Yeah, I I still can't yeah. get over that one.
2: Well, I mean, the part of me that appears to be conscious goes away. Right. I, I really like the model of the self that involves the the, the 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 vast majority of what we could consider to be our mind is non-conscious. And there's this little island floating on top that's conscious. And that says most of the time, just stands up there with its arms in the air being like, I'm the whole thing. (laughs) And so at night, you know, we (laughs) go to sleep or whenever we sleep, you know, during the day, if you're a vampire. And, uh, you know, then the rest of the mind is still doing its thing. That little island sinks beneath the waves, maybe gets a view into the dreamscape.
3: Yeah. Frightening.
2: got to hit vampires too, actually. This book because not a lot of science fiction if somebody had said hey there's a first contact story and it has vampires in it i would have been like mm, okay i'll put that on the bottom of the list
1: yeah well that is that is also kind of the thing that makes me think that this is one of the greatest first contact stories ever is because it has vampires and the vampires are super cool some of the coolest and cool vampires always make me like stuff more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so i mean so let me, let me contrast Blindsight for just about two seconds by comparing it to another book I read that is also a first contact story that has vampires in it. It is called Out of the Dark by David Webber. And then he might, have, he might have a co-author because David Weber often, often has co-authors. David, David Webber writes really bad, kind of schlocky military sci-fi stories. I read a bunch of his novels. And I love them because they read like watching a game of Stellaris.
4: Uh
1: It's like forty-five battleships, thirty-seven cruisers, and seventeen battle cruisers entered the system, fighting against. Okay, yeah, like (laughs) right pages of that. So spreadsheet. Yeah. So he wrote this story called "Out of the Dark" about a um, an alien race that invades uh, invades Earth and uh uh this alien race there's this whole complicated story about why why they're invading earth but what it comes down to is they have a really weird technology base um they're one of the very few aggressive alien species in a galaxy of mostly herbivore and um, pacifistic kind of species um but even humans are so much more wildly aggressive than even these guys that um, something has to be done, something has to be done. Eventually, <laughs> it's like it's like they came Not in they came, to, they came prepared to invade like uh, medieval technology Earth, too. And they also got here and it was the 21st century. And they were like, wait, what the fuck? How did these guys advance so fast? Because we're so smart and so cool that way. Um, but no, nevertheless, we didn't have, you know, world bombardment. So it kind of felt like this dude wrote himself into a corner because all this stuff happened um and then suddenly Dracula Huh
3: Wait what
0: Of course Dracula would have a, would want to have a say in if there's orbital bombardment going on and aliens coming yeah. to I am I
1: guess who wouldn't yeah. I am 100% serious the first, this is what the first half of the book read like and then suddenly Dracula was there and Dracula was like I can't let the earth be destroyed so he turns a bunch of fucking soldiers and shit into uh, more vampires. They ride on the outside of the invasion ships back up to space because they don't need to breathe because they're vampires. And they turn into mist to infiltrate the airlocks, and they murder all of the aliens in their spaceships, and they steal their technology and shit.
0: That's so great.
3: <laughs> That's, That's amazing.
0: Fantastic yeah. sounding.
1: It's it, like, I swear to God, this book <laughs> has... I, like, the only way I can describe what he wrote was, was Dracula ex machina. Wow. Dracula from the machine. Yeah. He wrote himself into a corner. He's Good. like, man, I want to write this story about how this alien race invades the Earth, but I can't think of a plausible way how humans would be able to, like, avoid the problem of not having the orbital high ground and just getting bombarded into extinction. So I guess vampires.
0: <laughs> That'll do it. That'll fix it right up.
2: <laughs> it was like he had a die. It was like the die, he rolled the die. It was like vampires, Superman, you know, solar flares. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Vampires is cool. Vampires is cool. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. It was, it may have been one of the worst books I've read. Wow. I can't believe it. I read the whole
1: thing.
0: Oh, I was like, boy.
1: why did I finish this? This is so bad. Oh, no. Um... <clears throat> but it's kind of hilarious to think of it and, and contrast it to blindsight, which is a different for a first con- kind of first contact story that has a vampire in it. This vampire is extremely cool, however.
0: So they, their minds also really not to, not to distract or depart for a moment, but it, it occurs to me that these characters are all very strong they all kind of have a it's almost comic booky because they all kind of have a set of abilities, yeah and uh their niche power so the yeah. vampires in general, and also I also have a series I listened to this book, so I have a few things I didn't quite catch. I got a few questions Ooh. I'm going to ask you guys um, all right, but they uh their minds operate differently, they can visualize yeah. many different things at once and process many different. Threads of information. Yeah. Which is why he's the character. Parallel captain.
2: processors. Yeah. Hyper intelligent.
1: Yeah. What I didn't a catch about okay. vampires.
2: Yeah. I've heard I've heard I've heard differing opinions, see differing opinions online, um, about whether vampires are conscious in Watson's in, universe. In,
0: Right, yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? I'm curious what your takes are. I'm pretty sure they're not.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't quite catch it.
1: <laughs> I think I think he and again this is referring referencing echopraxia. He pretty oh, much comes out as an echopraxia okay. that vampires are not conscious walking computers. Yeah. Um so I want to I want to lay out the background for the vampires in this story. So, yeah. Um in this in this story it is theorized that vampires were real but vampires were not anything supernatural vampires were a branch of hominids just like you know um you know the very famous ones like neanderthal or australopithecus or homo erectus or whatever they're you know if we look at looking at like like human evolution paleontology work that's been going on like in the last 20 years there are a lot. There are a lot of different branches of the human tree that have you know come and gone over the last you know ten million or so years. Um,
0: and we figured one, out that it means man, not the same. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, yeah, mixing up Latin and Greek, homo and homo. Yeah,
0: I, I
3: was very confused
4: in, in, I in two different it out. things. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So.
1: Right, so the, the theory is is that about a million years ago or half a million years ago, something like that, um, these were a branch of hominids that kind of that broke off from, from Homo sapiens. Um, and they weren't that different, but they evolved uh, to be different enough to become predators um, of other humans because something in their brains stopped producing uh, a uh protein that you you need to live and the only way they could get it was by killing and eating other human beings um so they evolved to become hyper intelligent because uh of the general theory that you need to be smart you know if you're a predator you need to be smarter than your prey animal otherwise you're really not going to be catching it
4: right
1: um so these vampires hunting humans and Presumably other hominis were around at the time. There, I think there probably would not a few others, but... Um, well, that was a good. great explanation for why there are so few. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also, you know...
2: There are plenty of reasons, like the ones in yeah. the world we live in. <clears throat> um, so, they
1: survived by um, killing, hunting and killing and eating other human beings um and sometimes because their prey groups were other humans and humans take a while to have babies and reproduce sometimes they run out of prey so sometimes they hibernate yep and they they you know they do the vampire thing they they kind of like fold up and go into the dirt and shrivel and look like a corpse for like 10 years or so and wait you know 10 or 15 years and wait for people to have babies and then they'd come back um, so they live a lot longer than regular people too. So basically they're awesome in every way. They're faster and smarter and cooler and they love to eat your brains. Except, <laughs> except the weird parallel processing thing that goes on in their brain that makes them so smart has a problem. Parsing, uh, parallel intersecting 90 degree angles you know across
0: this is one of my questions yeah
1: as long as it covers (laughs) like like more than about like 90 degrees and we're talking like a real cross like you're not sticking your fingers together
2: because 90
4: degrees
1: that's first of all that's 90 degrees and second of all a vampire like the difference is seeing the you, you can see that that's together your fingers are not like Exactly ninety degrees. Oh, intersecting. Yeah, yeah. They have to intersect, and it has to cover like a significant portion. But like, if you build something like that
3: out of wood, great. Yeah, a like a for sets, the and they have like they have like paves, anyway. grand
1: grand mal epilepsies and fall over and die because their brain can't process this.
3: But you our guy takes it. Kind of,
1: you don't see right like right angles like that like in nature very much things are fractal, things are, things are, you know, curved, things are broken. And when you see things that are like, quote unquote, like right angles, like imagine like, like a, a, a tree in front of the horizon, you know, at sunset or something like that, standing straight, but the tree is in the foreground, the horizon is in the background and a vampire's brain understands the difference, you know, and the visual centers understand, no, this is not all one thing going in two different directions. But that's how yeah. their brain sees right angles for some reason, and it makes them go into epileptic fits and die. So that is why they went extinct, because <laughs> once human beings figured out architecture, vampires could architecture get is t- antithetical to vampires. Once the vampires couldn't get close anymore. However, in the far future, well, not the very far future, but in, in 2099, by sorting through you know fossil marrow and drunk DNA of human beings who are closely related to vampires and stitching them together. um, It says in some side material, that's not actually in the book um, through unethical experiments on psychopaths and autistic people, basically um, they were able to uh, genetically resurrect vampires kind of like, you know, Jurassic park style. Hooray. The the vampires are back. (laughs) This was a great, poorly let's let's make a bunch of guys who are smarter than us and like eating us this sounds like a great fucking idea
2: yeah we can use we're, them to fly spaceships. ai let's make predatory ais yeah it bodies
1: yeah um but no we can keep them under control because of the the crucifix glitch as they call it the thing that makes them die when they see right angles you know, they have to they have to take a steady supply of drugs in order to, you know, suppress suppress that. So as long as we can control the access to the drugs, we have them under our control. That seems like a perfect solution that I'm sure they will never think of a solution to because they have a 650
4: IQ. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anti-Euclideans.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. anti-Euclideans.
2: I want to they to Euclideans and see what they do. I guess I yeah. have... What, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so basically he Watts also comes out and says at the end of exopractic that the vampire or the the implication at the end of Blindsight spoiler alert for the very end of the book, jumping ahead is that this is full uh,
0: spoilers, obviously
1: yeah. at, at some yeah. point at some point in the future, the vampires have basically risen up and killed all humans and taken over the world with the a i what are they gonna eat? They can, other. they can grow. Oh cloned. wait, they don't
2: have the protein.
1: Oh yeah, they can grow clothes. cloned meat now. It's the future. They're okay. not living in. They're not living in five hundred thousand BC anymore. They can just synthesize that shit.
4: Yeah,
1: and they don't have to. They don't have to build anything with crosses, man. They can build everything all round and smooth. <laughs> that'll that'll be cool. <laughs> They'll build a cool. Star Trek future. Round the vampire there. world. It'll be like a yeah, I mean, round Yeah. You round know, vampire I, planet. There was there was a uh there's a line very early on, uh, I think like in like the first or second page of the book where uh Siri Keaton is waking up from his his cy you know his cybernetic, you know, cryogenic hibernation. Yeah. In this book it is done by splicing vampire genes into into the astronauts. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, It's partially mechanical, yes, but it is also done partially through biological, I mean, by, by you know, splicing. Enabling these, their bodies to do the hibernation trick, to basically. Do the, yeah, to do the similar hibernation tricks to the vampires. And there's a line that says, nobody gets past Jupiter without being part vampire. Right, yeah. And I love that shit. It made me think of a, of a, of a podcast we did a, a while ago where we are talking about vampires
0: in space. That's why. That's why I... Listen to this book. That's why we're talking about this now. We're talking about sombra going to space. Yeah, that's right. The Lissombr.
1: They They want to flee the the oppressive light of the sun. And sail, the and live, sail their live, ships. Live, yeah. live in the great itself. Yeah, in the great darkness of the void. The void. The void. I mean, <laughs> this book really makes you makes you feel it when they talk about how they fly to Big Ben, about how much empty dark space there is and they haven't even gone very far from from the sun they get about a half light year away Hmm. um and it's empty but it's also full of stuff it just happens that all that stuff happens to be
3: really far away from each other um but like the the setting for this book is um a
1: uh what they call an Owafa object, right? Oasa
2: object. Oa, yeah. I, how you pronounce it, I couldn't tell you, but Oasa, I think, is.
1: It's a. It's an acronym for something. It's. It is. Uh, something like basically It is basically like a rogue planet. Um, rogue planets are planets that um, just you know, they're small rocky bodies flying through the galaxy, or or even intergalactic space, I guess. Um not gravitationally bound to any star not you know like earth or mars or jupiter circling around
3: sol um there are quadrillion
1: quadrillion quadrillions of these just like in the unit in the milky way alone raging in size from real small to real big um because just of the way gravity works and the way star formation seems to work um people figure that um the vast majority of planets that are created during when a star forms and all the gas forms around the the star and planets are kind of coalescing, the vast majority of those get, like, thrown out into space. They don't stay hanging out around their stars. Um, So there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of matter floating around there. And a lot of them take the form of big balls of hydrogen because hydrogen is pretty common. Um, but also, you know some some other basic elements, um, carbon lith- uh, you know, um, oxygen, um, helium, you know, all the basic stuff you find um, in a lot of places. So that's where this takes place around um, a planet, which they nickname big Big Ben, which is about
2: ten times the mass of Jupiter and about twice as big. Pretty um, big it is it looks like it's he probably based it off of this thing called ots 44. i say it's discovered by three scientists one of whose whose name was oasa apparently in 1998 which is 11.5 times the mass of jupiter
1: so real thing out there yeah they i think they named those objects after that guy probably um so yeah um that's a big object it is a big object, but it's it's not a brown dwarf. It's not even big enough to be like class as a brown dwarf, which which we, we you know, you call like a really large mass of hydrogen that's like not quite big enough to create nuclear fusion and be called a star. Um, that still kinda glows under its own sort of you know Crushing retained, pressure. Yeah, crushing pressure and retained heat. Yeah. This is just like a really big Jupiter that got kicked out of its its uh, it's a uh, solar system and floating free. And in fact, I because i I was just rereading it, uh, and I only got to reread like the first little bit. and it it says, like this, you know, based on like the chemical structure, probably it's a it's a can uh, you know uh canis minor object, which means it was part of like one of multiple dwarf galaxies that the Milky Way has eaten over the billions of years. Oh. This, this is actually this is an object from beyond the Milky Way, technically. It's a weird place far, far away from from the solar system. And they go here because um, in the story, a bunch of uh, like something weird happens to Earth. A bunch of satellites appear over Earth, like 65,000 of them, in a perfect geometric grid and flash basically take a picture of Earth. Boom. And then send some messages somewhere. So they follow the messages back um and they find this they you know through a source which is this
3: thing out in the uh in the orc cloud in the outer reaches of the solar system um and it's basically as the story goes like this this thing is basically this alien thing called it itself Rorschach um it's a joke because it's not sentient it's just reflecting
1: back on the sentient creature is the conscious creatures looking at it and it knows this too in its own kind of weird way so it's making that joke
0: in the um, in the sense that it can know anything i was just going to say right. yeah
1: this is when uh, we really start talking about
0: the chinese room
1: yeah and this is the, yeah exactly and this is well, yeah exactly this is why we talk about the chinese room because it comes to it comes to the understanding of the human beings who have flown out and the vampire who have flown out on this spaceship <laughs> called dcs um to uh to to meet rorschach that rorschach is not a conscious entity it is much smarter than them by orders of magnitude yeah it's much more powerful and technologically advanced than them but it does not have a conscious mind in any kind of way it's just a series of processes um as we would understand it and it, it calls in you know, the whole the whole book calls into question the idea of like, what is consciousness and what the hell is it good for? Um, and it posits that basically consciousness is a waste of processing power that our brain uses. Um, and Potentially
0: it's, you know, dangerous. Potentially yeah. dangerous.
2: <laughs> if I recall correctly, that's actually what Watts like the premise when he started writing the book was that he was going to make a science fiction book about what consciousness is actually good for. And it's such a, de- it's like quote-unquote downer, but it's such a kind of bleak perspective on consciousness because he just couldn't find anything. Yeah. <laughs> and the idea is these, these
1: aliens are here to destroy humanity because they didn't like our TV.
0: Well, they did, they did not like the way that our slogans <laughs> the- and our bullshit <laughs> and our language caused their minds, whatever it is, to run in loops with our bullshit. Yeah. They, our language was considered an attack. We wasted processing
4: cycles
1: yeah, by giving them nonsense data. Yeah, basically, this is this was their reasoning. If it can be called reasoning again. I
0: can't wait to talk about this again when we're talking about Metal Gear Solid Two. When we're talking about Death Stranding <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah. This is all. This is
1: all. That's that's it. That's. The that's aliens received broadcasts from humanity during the broad, from the broadcast era. They analyzed them. They said, "Oh, this is from a conscious." Uh, this is from not conscious. An intelligent. This, this is intelligent. from another intelligent, intelligent uh, creature. Let's analyze it. They analyze it. What does it say? It doesn't say anything. It's a fucking waste. Why is it here? If it's wasting our processing power, that means it's an attack. We're being attacked.
3: Hit back.
0: Uh, for 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 at least seven years, I've been saying that language is
3: absolutely the heart of the problem. Language itself. Right, well, and speaking of the whole mind-to-mind communication thing, language is our
1: shitty way of smashing our brain experiences into noises that we can, you know, say to other primates and have them have some basic... Half-assed understanding of what of what's going on in our brain.
0: That tunnel we were talking about of a certain amount of bit rate that's allowed yeah. through to yeah. the, the bit rate of human language is language. unbearably low, disastrously.
1: <laughs> it's shit. It's garbage.
0: <laughs> we're fucked. <laughs> we gotta stop. We gotta if figure. Was, we gotta move on was, from this.
1: If I thing. was paying an ISP for the English language i would want my money back
2: you know on the one hand i agree uh purely from like a mechanistic and results-based kind of point of view the romantic in me is like well because it's such a low bandwidth we get things like poetry we get things like we take these shortcuts where we have to create inference and we have to like sort of paint with language God, I'm, I'm such an idiot with language <laughs>
0: these rorschach guys hate everything you're talking about
2: yeah. they yeah, think everything that you're yeah, yeah. talking
0: about is monstrous
2: dangerous behavior. well i mean th- yeah. they're, they, they rightly well maybe rightly assess that it's essentially masturbatory it's like it's not good for anything <laughs> i
1: love it i love it <laughs> right see but here's the thing too is that um the 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 ultimate criticism i have for that argument in this book is that human beings are social creatures um who need to transmit
3: various social elements and can only really do so through language in a lot of cases it might
2: it might be the highest bawd uh Communication channel we've got. Yeah, right. I mean, there's yeah, interpretive right. dance, which is pretty slow, right? <laughs> well, and that's the thing too—not
1: just. I should, I should actually say not just language, but also artistic and cultural things like music and 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 painting and whatever, because those things communicate certain things too. Sure, sure. And for human beings, like I, it's interesting. It's interesting when you think of culture as a human tool. Okay. Also a tool that, is that, that then affects back on its users. Mm-hmm. Human beings create cultures and use cultures because we need, you know, we, we can't survive on our own. A human being by themselves, most human beings dumped naked in the woods by themselves are going to die. Um, and that's not just, you know, 21st century human beings. I think if you went back 500,000 years and grabbed a random human being and stuck them alone away from their support system, away from all their family and everything in the woods by themselves. They would probably have a better chance of living than a 21st century person. But uh, still maybe tough time. Yeah. It, it is
4: known. Tough
3: time.
1: Alone is still a hard thing to be. Alone is a being. hard thing for a human being. You have to sleep. There isn't going to eat you while you sleep Scary. or something, you know,
2: you, we're not it, wired for it. Yeah, you know, I
4: mean, you can't
2: have the polar opposite where you're never alone. But uh, yeah, if you're uh, totally on your uh, own. Uh, you're boned.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so culture, um, and the conscious mind, and when things that the conscious mind does do, especially in social settings, but
1: also in non-social settings, are are do I think I, some kind of. I think of we could have
2: culture without consciousness. With, i don't think it's required possibly i think that possibly. like because if 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 sapience is just the mirror like reflecting on what's happening inside you could still broadcast out without thinking about what's happening inside i've met many people who do uh, you know but uh yeah i really don't think it's necessary i mean in the same way that like if culture is a tool and all tools are for affecting change on what seems to be external to us. Like there, you can make a tool without knowing how you feel about it.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah, especially if you are, you know, if your interior is just a Chinese room, yeah. sure you can. Yeah. I mean, you might, you might invent a whole ring of barbed tentacles
1: flying through space. <laughs> You know? Again,
0: by accident. Again. Yeah,
1: yeah, because that's that's what Rorschach looked like—a ninety-kilometer-wide
2: wreath of barbs, like that fucking whole you. thing embodied like that concept of torture. He says, "I love I love listening to
1: that Wumpscut Wump's song when I'm reading oh, yeah. the book, Wreath of Barbs, Wreath of, of Barbs." Yeah, um, Wumpscut is a German industrial band. By band, I really mean just like one dude. But is it quoted uh, in the? No, oh hell no, I don't think it's even because there's a song slash
2: album called "Wreath of Barb's." There's a quote
0: in this book that I'm really that I'm gonna
2: really in particular that I reacted to. Oh, hit hit me unless it's unless you're burying the lead. Yeah. No, no, you
0: want to know what it was? Yeah, I want to know. Is there a fucking Trevor Goodchild quote in this book? And is oh, that. Oh,
2: yes, there is. And is there
0: a real Trevor Goodchild or is that an Aeon nope. Flux quote? It
2: is an Aeon Flux reference,
0: 100%. I don't even know what. Do you know what? Do you have it marked Whatever in your book? Whatever kills
2: you makes you stranger. That's what it is. Yeah. That's the one.
0: This is what the first thing in Aeon Flux that I thought about is there's one episode where Trevor or somebody, or actually, I think a guy named Claudius is involved. I'm going to bring up a guy named Claudius every podcast from now on. I think a guy named Claudius, like, puts on this harness and it vibrates him into a, sci- into a world next door because he's on, a, he's on a different vibrational level. And yeah. that is, and that made me think of The Scramblers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Gosh, so, I yeah. think I can watch some of that old Eon Flux. I have- yeah, yeah the old I, liquid television stuff in a long time man i got i've got i've got mp4s
1: or something of like the original all the all the flux shorts uh,
4: you want
0: to take I a real departure for a second it, Can
1: sure. I am, <laughs> Aon flux is a great visual style to think of when when reading blindside yeah, it's yeah. So bleak oh
2: weird and bleak and spindly and they, actually the the way that he describes vampires i wonder if he was looking at Aeon flux's art style man I've been thinking the way about they move and the way the limbs.
1: Yeah! Wow. Yeah, they're all herky jerky, but also quick and strangely yeah. graceful. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Vampires are on flux.
0: So Saint, I've been trying to tell Locke that he's got to watch Kindred the
1: Embraced. Oh yeah. Just it, like that's the thing now is like, it's bad. It's so bad, dude.
4: It's
2: I believe uh, that. Um that uh, my major stumbling block. <laughs> I don't know, but that's the thing. It's like you watch it. I have it like, queued up, Koya. I do. You, you, it's you on my watch YouTube lo- watch later. Yeah.
1: You watch it knowing that it's bad. You watch it to laugh at it. And you watch it knowing that some of the people are in it like like one of the like one of the bozo cops, is Dokes from Dexter. Hmm surprise motherfucker <laughs> that
2: guy he's in kindred the embraced man as a cop
1: it's the best when i realized who it was Ooh. i was like, surprised motherfucker
0: there's so much good there's just so much good shit in that oh show. man good, good yeah, people watch, doing good shit
1: you pour out, pour out a glass of whiskey get a joint something watch it to laugh at it, it it's is- um
0: it's like a game of Vampire the Masquerade. It's like they acted very poorly with very poor sets and oh no budget. God. They acted out a game of Vampire yeah. the Masquerade. If I yeah, don't just...
2: try to imagine that it's actually taking place in the world of darkness, but I imagine that it's a LARP being run. That's yeah. exactly that what a, it is. That, that's, that's exactly that's what I will do. Oh it's my LARP.
0: God. It's exactly I'm what it is. I'm watching a
2: LARP, not vampires. That's really amazing. Am- okay, now exactly. I'll do it. Now, I, it. now I have a lens.
1: Okay. i watching the LARP that, al- that yeah. I'm watching Origins, you know,
2: 1998 spelling edition.
1: Yeah, you're watching Aaron Spelling's LARP from
2: 1998. Oh, my God. Okay, now I'm pumped. Now I'm excited to see it.
1: <laughs> it's really,
0: it's a special, like, but, but, you know, rainy day, really, and I'm not, yep. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm never, I'm never yeah. in a hurry. You don't, you don't have, a, you don't have any, got any homework to do, but you got some, you're going to have to watch it. You are. Yeah. So you know, I'm sorry for. Absolutely.
4: And I you guess know what I would oh, totally ahead.
0: be down to do a series of these
2: on Kinch's the embrace. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we talked about that. We, we did. One, what do you What
0: do you, it, do you think about two. that, Saint? What do you think about? I would do it.
1: I do it because I haven't rewatched it actually in a little while. I I used to rewatch, I, it. I used to re-watch it with you know Locke, You remember? You know you know yeah, my when my we lived together. City, yeah, when we lived together, my New York City vampire crowd. That was a common common thing to when we we're hanging out. This is like before we had kids and. You know, sure. Could hang out until two in the morning on random nights, and you know, drink, drink a lot. But you'd throw on Kindred the Embrace to laugh at it. So I haven't really watched it much, into, you know, since then. Um, but I would be down to do a, do a few episodes on Kindred the Embraced. Cool. I don't think we should do like an episode. Not one per, per episode. Break. Yeah. Right. Be like, a we do like two or three episodes per yeah, per yeah. podcast or something like that great i i love i love it i i, I, love, it. I all right. love
4: it there yeah. was
1: there was such a good there was such a good tumblr site and it's gone now because they destroyed they took their page down in protest during the during the great mm. tumblr port uh foreign purge yeah but right they had they had these hilarious like like meme recaps of all of the the kindred the embraced episodes oh man they were just so good Oh, I so, those. Show's really I would good. Just, it's just sometimes so I would 90s. just call those up and look at them and laugh at them.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Back to
1: blindside, though.
3: Yeah.
2: Um
3: I don't, so, yeah. To, yeah.
2: Uh, I don't think it, I, not not to like get down into it, but the sure. question that I had earlier about whether vampires are conscious or not, I think it's it's a weird idea based like if you combine it with where their evolution is supposed to have come from like okay so did they become non-conscious as they were uh hunting humans or did that did were neither of the were humans not conscious when they split off and we developed consciousness later like if they don't have it now like what the i mean i don't think it's explored in what in i don't remember echopraxy i don't think it's explored no but that's a weird set of ideas i mean i could understand the same the same questions are asked i think but but no interesting okay no, answers. because he says that like empathy is one of the first things to that like starts to go, and it's like so if stuff is getting stripped out of their experience, you know, as uh, generations cycle through. Anyway, it's just a weird weird thing to think about. Yeah, but 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 then that's the funny thing too
1: because I don't think empathy is necessarily related to consciousness because social other oh, social animals.
2: You know, exhibit empathy, you No, know. no, I don't but, mean it is to, in terms uh, of a connection. Just in terms of uh, pieces of the, the human experience getting stripped out, um, uh,
3: in general. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, the I have to be honest, and 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 still say it is difficult for
1: me to <laughs> wrap my mind around <laughs> the idea <laughs> of a non-conscious. Uh, uh sentient you mm. know advanced it's sentient. a really weird idea it's a really weird idea um uh yeah and you like like basically the way i have to imagine it is that it's like and i think that's why he uses that chinese room um thought thought experiment you know so much because that's an easy way for people to kind of get like like the basic concept yeah what's happening that,
2: yeah
0: Machines.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think sleepwalking is a great metaphor too. I mean, the like the the TV sleepwalking is like stumbling around, sometimes more complicated, but like people have done all kinds of there was a they cook
0: people that cook meals and eat them all the there time. There was a
2: person who got yep. uh, they there was, a, I mean, again, this is me, I may be misremembering it, but yeah, yep. my recollection is that there is a court case in which someone was uh, adjudicated, like where they, they were judged innocent because they had killed a person while they were asleep they made a movie about that oh really might have been a real case the movie is yeah.
0: might be called placebo or some kind of pharmaceutical term something like that like I, we I, do
2: all kinds of stuff there's a movie based like, on that premise yeah like I've, I've had conversations with people who were asleep oh yeah yes yeah. oh Sleepwalk, yeah sleepwalking is weird man sleepwalking is funny yeah. and, and i've i've
1: you know, I had I had a friend who who sleep who used to sleepwalk sometimes when he was a teenager and he was a kid. He told me some wild stories. Like he told I me like was
2: it me? Do I not know this?
1: <laughs> no, it's not it's not you. Okay. But I, I had a friend who told me like one time his mom watched him come downstairs, come into the kitchen, take a knife out of the kitchen, like draw it across his hand a couple of times, like he was cutting his hand, except he didn't actually manage to cut his hand, put the knife away and then walk back upstairs. I e. And she was Yay. like before she like stop him, and he he was probably like I think he was probably like thirteen or fourteen at the time or something like that. So like you know, right? You know, you're you know you're big enough to reach the knives. You're not like a six year old kid, right? You know, but also as you know, thirteen or fourteen, you understand not to fucking go around stabbing yourself or playing with knives. Most of us, most of the time, <laughs> I think we played <laughs> with some swords, but that was yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have um I have an idea. I well I had a thought about the Chinese room since we were sort of are touching on it now. Um and it has to do with Siri Keaton and kind of, and actually what the, the title of the book is, which we have not really even actually discussed, which is the idea that maybe when your eyes are not connected, your brain or when you are not consciously processing your or receiving the information from your eyes, your brain that controls your motor functions might still be able to catch a baseball thrown to you even though you think that you are blind. And uh, it elaborates on that more but the Chinese room is almost like processing language blind if you want to think about it that way. Like your brain might process the visual information even though you are blind. And Mm -hmm. what Siri is doing with his Chinese room is he is processing empathy blind without empathy He is organizing and recording for himself and his reports the internal workings and emotions of everyone he sees because he has become so adept at processing it without experiencing it so we've got a lot of layers of that's a really
1: cool way to structure that thought
4: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: we got a lot of Chinese rooms going on yeah and there and he the the story layers them like and it, it I mean, ultimately, this it's not book is
0: subtle. so fucking good.
1: Yeah, ultimately, it's, it's not really too subtle. It kind of, it ultimately kind of beats you over the head
4: mm-hmm.
1: with the fact that you know, um, it's kind of bleak. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all the things that it's extreme, do, yeah, human beings, yeah, this is human beings think are great and awesome about themselves. The the wonderful things that we that we regard as great, like our our social structures, our art, our culture our literature, uh, are all worthless and pointless. This is a doomer book for doomers. Just ultimately a waste of energy and resources, uh, that should be being used to, um, I don't know, I guess further our expansion into the galaxy or something.
0: Well, actually, no, I think the logical thing to do with people who think and talk like us is get rid of them is
1: what is determined. Yeah, actually. Get chopped Um, up. Nicely. Stick them into a nice box where they think they're in heaven until they die naturally. Mm
3: -hmm. You don't actually have to, like, you know, line them up against the wall if they
2: willingly march into the... It's less resource-intensive to just let them do it, put themselves into a... Into quote unquote heaven, which yeah. is we should we should mention if anybody's not from it. So heaven yeah, in the book a in is book, a specific too. thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's basically a mind upload where yep. the person in the mind upload scenario can sort of create their own universe that they're it's, inhabiting. This not, has all it's, happened it's it's before. Not, and it, we'll specifically, all... it's not a mind upload because they don't have mind uploading
1: yet. That's true. Right, their brains in jars. Okay. Their brains? Well, that's a rumor. The rumor. The, the rumor. The, is yeah, the is that, that
2: eventually they carve the bodies up. Maybe. Yeah. Or you know, they, not, do. You not, know they do. You oh, know they it's, do. If not, if not, as Matrix style, you know they're in. They're in. They're in, they're in like a. They're yeah. Tubes of Matrix yeah. In a well? Team. And the but, and the their spare CPU cycles of their brains get used for right. all kinds of other stuff. Right.
0: And, yeah, right. That's the... But yeah. and so when we're
2: saying that people get li- people send themselves to heaven, it's not a euphemism. Uh, it's yeah, an actual yeah. scenario. Heaven reality. is a
0: place like in Black Mirror, yeah.
1: and it's yeah. or that Madonna song. Yeah, and it's in, and it's yeah. it's a VR where you get whatever you want, or wh- or maybe whatever the AI thinks you actually need,
2: because it's... well, one, his mom specifically is seems not to be getting what she needs. Perhaps. Maybe
1: the AI doesn't care if you get what you need.
2: Maybe the AI thinks
1: what you need is not to be in here. Well,
2: uh, although he mentions that the thing that his mom, what he infers from his mother's topology, as he would put it, is that the thing that she doesn't like is that people might not have a perfect opinion of her. Like she's a terrible narcissist. Right. And so in order for her to have the fantasy she wants, no one else can exist because if they exist, then they might have a bad opinion of her, and that's not acceptable. Right, but also keeping in mind that Siri Keaton
1: is a unreliable narrator, and he hates his mother. Right. Yeah. So he's inclined to think the worst of her, pretty much. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and I we- mean, and I mean, from the description of his relationship with her, like she wasn't exactly a good mom, but again. It's it's from his point of view, which is weird.
2: Um, we don't we don't have her point of view. Um, Yeah, the only other data set we can pull from is what he tells us about his dad's point of view, who seems to be obsessed with her. Right. Um, Or. um, If you want to dig
1: into the sequel, a little bit of what his dad thinks uh and this is or what, what his, his cause his father's in the sequel um and um this is a fairly major character but um I think he says one or two things about that but he doesn't actually talk he doesn't even I don't think he even talks about it very much in the sequel. Um but it's a major point in, in this is that um a large number of human beings elect to go to heaven. Yeah. And again it's basically like this is the equivalent of um of like in a uh, experiment with like with like the rats who have like the the you know the the pleasure center of their brains wired mm-hmm. to a little button, and they just choose to just start pushing that button and do nothing else until they die. Yep. Right, um, you know that's kind of what it is. And I mean, imagine nowadays. We're I was talking with somebody about like AI generated content, AI generated movies, AI generated TV oh, shows, AI generated oh, books, and everything. It's coming. Our, you, you say, sure. uh, AI, please write me a ten book epic uh, novel, a series of novels to read in George R. R. Martin style, but about a group of plucky adventurers. Uh, in the Dragonlance universe, and it will spit that shit out for you and you'll read it. Um, this is what heaven in, in yeah. Blindside is, except the AI are much better than the AI that we have. Right, in the yeah. These AI have IQ yeah. 270,000 billion. Um, they don't think like us, but they can think of stuff that will keep us perfectly entertained. Um, and We're not uh, that complicated. Yeah. And right. they can make these AI universes and um, basically it doesn't say anything about the economics of it but apparently you can just be like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I want to go there. It doesn't it doesn't sound like anyone's paying for it.
0: So oh, I think you pay think for it with your brain, your brain processes. Brain your brain yeah, cycles uh, yeah, are running government okay. machinery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the back, the, the back of your brain is firing so nuclear missiles. clearly, oh, okay.
4: a post-scarcity <laughs> universe
2: too. Yeah. Oh, they people not having to work. That's true. They have like
1: antimatter, um, matter cracking or something. They can create matter from antimatter and quantum blueprints out of the void. Um, they can basically, print anything they want. Yeah. So that's true.
0: There's only um, two books in this fucking universe. This guy put a lot of goddamn thought into this
2: yeah he's there's also there's a lot of ancillary stuff i mean Mm. he's got like fake youtube presentations made by the companies that were developing vampires you know he's got all kinds of talks he's given there's some i think there's a story in there isn't there oh yeah the back is awesome
1: like what is it like 10 pages of this book has is all notes echopraxia has even more notes echopraxia like the back like 30 pages of exopraxia is all notes um so he just you know with like a big just like view into his world building. Um so yeah, this is a bleak ass world. This is a human contact. Humans meet aliens, but it doesn't really matter because humans are gonna be extinct in about ten or twenty years anyway, and the the, the earth is gonna be inherited by the vampires and the AIs. Alright. And the fuck of it is the vast majority of the human race went extinct willingly. Yep.
0: And that doesn't even sound unlikely to me.
1: Yeah. On a good, on, on on a bad day,
3: I think a lot of people would be like, yeah. Yeah, put me in there. A lot of people I know are like, yeah, that sounds okay, about yeah. right. Yep. Um,
0: I did not understand why the vampire attacked Siri Keaton towards the end of the book. I didn't understand the point that was made during and what was that whole sequence and Siri hiding.
2: My interpretation of it was that uh, Sarasti had figured out essentially like how Siri would respond to it.
4: Okay. And that he wanted
2: to cause a specific set of outcomes in Siri's psyche and behaviors to be output from said psyche. And he's like, by doing this thing he will think these things and feel these things and then behave in this way, which is what I need. But he yeah. might have also just been having some fun. Yeah. Not only that, but I think that there could have been part of it. That is that
1: is also how, how I understand it, too, is that Duka Sarasti looks at Sir Keaton and sees a piece of meat with a program. And he's it's a complex program because he's a human being. And it's taken some time, but it's eventually broken down their programming. He's figured out what he needs to do with Siri Keaton to make him, you know, do what he needs to do in this very extreme situation that they're yeah. in, basically fighting an alien monster that's a million years more technologically advanced than they are. Um, and he realized, you know, and he's like, what I need to do to win. Against this alien monster,
0: when it all quote involves,
1: quote. Siri, yeah, when quote unquote involves Siri Keaton, and uh, in order for me to get Siri Keaton to do what I need to do, I'm gonna need to beat the shit out of him.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you know what? I'm gonna enjoy that.
0: Okay. Yeah, a far-fetched yeah. plan. Yeah, I guess. The Theseus is not an organic creature.
2: No, well, Theseus is their ship.
0: No, I know, but I mean it, the way it's described and having a spine and things growing off of oh, it, and right, canals oh, yeah. and tubes, and I like I was sort of halfway through, I was like,
1: this is probably a machine, but. The, it, no it's a machine, but it is a machine that is in many ways alive because the it talks about the quantical AI core or whatever right, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, if that's the adjective they use quantical ai it's yeah. it is it's you know it's like a quantum computer or, or what I guess like what we think of as a quantum computer like except you know, advanced another like 80 years um, and it's it's intelligent it's smarter than any of them it's faster than any of them but it it still needs human beings in a certain way it's just it's this weird kind of this is not the only science fiction place i've seen it either but it
3: it is an interesting thought kind of thing where it's it's kind of it's kind of like
1: the super intelligent ais and the vampires and stuff don't exactly need human beings. Yeah. But human beings can still actually be useful, even though sure. they're not hyper intelligent or hyper you know or omni, you know, competent or, or whatever. Like they can still have their uses. Yeah. Um uh, and um you know, the only real time that the Theseus this ship which is you know, has this particular intelligence, um it's really running the show is in command you know eventually you know you you, you think you know jukas or arsty is is kind of running the show because he's giving the commands he's giving the orders he's like do this do that um ultimately we realize like most of these decisions or all of these decisions are actually coming from the captain yeah what
2: they call yeah. the ai of the ship the captain the people who set up the mission just thought people yeah. would be more comfortable taking orders from a vampire yeah <laughs> i would that's yeah, something
4: yeah <laughs> Also,
2: uh, it, you're less likely to get a mutiny if you know your captain is yeah, an incredibly strong and fast psychopath over an AI.
0: Imagine taking orders from some fucking AI robot with too many fucking fingers on every hand and a mouth yeah. full of hundreds <laughs> of
1: teeth. I'd much, I'd much rather, I'd much rather follow Dracula around. A yeah, uh, <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, the... Into the space, Blithetide, yes. The blindside vampires are as a Misi. Yeah.
3: These guys make the Sabbat look like a bunch of tame-ass motherfuckers. Do they ever have to
0: sleep in dirt? Is that ever talked about? No. They make a
1: joke about it. Someone makes a joke about it on like, the second page or the third page again, because I, I was yeah. just reading the beginning of it.
0: They oh, hey, what, is some of your, what are some of the things that you've made notes of in your... In your hard copy
1: i realized as i was looking at my hard copy these are all the notes that i was making for uh about about vampire related stuff whenever oh whenever. for that game um there's a there's a role-playing game called knight's black agents okay um, cool. it is a uh by by kenneth height um who i think was also involved in v5 kenneth oh, is awesome awesome <laughs> um Anyway, Nice Black Agents is a game, uh, about playing super spies hunting vampires. Um,
4: so... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was like, the way I pitched it to, to, uh, you know, Locke, who was in the game, and, um, uh, his ex and, and, uh, our friend Josh was, I'm like, imagine if Jason Bourne, James Bond, and Black Widow teamed up to take down Dracula.
0: Okay. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um,
1: so and it's a cool game and it's uh, the vampire design is very modular the way it's designed, so you can play vampires a bunch of different ways. So you can you can you can have you can you can design it so that the vampires are sort of supernatural, or you can design it so that they're sort of like biological and and, and scientific, or maybe they're like weird extra-dimensional monsters like like Necroscope, Ryan Lumley thing, or <laughs> um uh or maybe they're resurrected hominids from a million years ago
0: All right. okay really,
1: do I was going to do, do a vampire hunters game where the vampires were blindside vampires I was going to tone them down a little because obviously if they're all super intelligent, they can figure out anything that you can do immediately and and, and instantly and perfectly counter it that wouldn't be a very fun
4: game
3: right but
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: but yeah um no but um the
1: this book is cool too because it does proceed with a lot of what you would call sort of like space travel or first contact story cliches or tropes it talks about like the ship it talks about like the design of the ship and like the science of how it moves and gets around and um it talks about when they when they get to Rorschach this this creature this thing that talks to them but doesn't really say anything. Yeah, it's it's you know sort of non conscious you know thing. It's like talking to a chatbot. Honestly, it seems like like the conversations that they have in this book. I'm like, we have better chatbots now in 2023. Yeah. Unfortunately, Peter Watts who yeah. wrote this. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, keep
0: in mind this is Rorschach a chat this is a chatbot potentially not even from this galaxy trying right. to speak english at us too okay you know give rorschach okay, a break okay. you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: 2006 yeah. he wrote this in 2006 yeah
0: that was so. yeah we really we were not looking at ai hell right in the face yet in 2006
1: no we're getting there now i, I don't even think we're there yet just this is this is like oh yeah this is the what, like,
2: <laughs> what we see now in the world in the news basically is, what we this is the point where We can feel the gravel sliding under our bare feet on the edge of the cliff. (laughs) And we're just looking over that edge and going, wow, it's a long way down.
0: It's sliding from vibrations of approaching tanks and tyrannosaurs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, right now, all of the AI stuff... Not Well, not all of it, but a lot of the really interesting and creepy AI things that we're getting to experience, you know, Stable Diffusion and Night Cafe and chat GPT. It's like, we feed the information into it and we get some entertainment, quote unquote, back out of it. And there's some stuff where, you know, they're replacing certain types of jobs with these things and stuff like that. But they haven't really like unleashed the full amount of information that's available about a person
0: oh, and God, used yeah. it
2: to target that person, like right now, it's like, oh, I might get a targeted ad for a sleeping bag on Amazon or something if I've, yeah. you know, been looking for tents. So, I know, oh, maybe
1: he's going to go camping. I know so many people who talk about how so, how stupid targeted ads are, all the time. Not for long. Not for long. I got a buddy who loves spending time on Twitter and Facebook, yelling at right wing nut jobs. What kind of ads does he get on his Facebook? Guns. Maga shit. Not because he wants it, but because he's interacting with these people saying, you guys are fucking idiots, I hate you, blah, 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 blah.
0: That's karma for even interacting. Yeah. You get advertising for guns that you don't like to see. Yeah. I watched this documentary about... A, I'm sorry I talk about the flat earth so much. I watched this documentary about the flat earth and there was this guy in it going, you know, because of my faith and belief in the flat earth, my friends stopped talking to me. My family stopped talking to me and, you know, I kept I kept trying to tell people about the flat earth, but eventually everybody stopped talking to me and I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, I guess... You probably should have stopped telling. Did people you infer about anything for that?
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's not a pattern here that you're doing.
1: <laughs> What's that stupid phrase from Far Cry 3? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing. Oh, right. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I also really like the. I mean, not to call anybody in particular an asshole or anything, but like if you go up, get up, and you go out in the morning and you meet an asshole, that sucks. Yeah, And if you meet two assholes in a day, like, man, that really sucks. But if everybody you meet is an asshole, you might want to look in the mirror when there's you wake
0: a, up. There's
2: a, yeah. yeah. the one through line on all of this.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's so many phrases, you know, so many things like that. It's like the one the one common denominator in all your bad relationships is you. You're right, there you go. You know, all, yeah, of, awesome. all of that. But, yep. yeah.
2: Um, man, we've gotten a little far afield. well siri has some bad some bad relationships we could use that as a back end siri 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 and chelsea don't do so well siri has a terrible relationship with chelsea his relationship with chelsea is so cringy
1: she's kind of a weird she's kind of a weirdo honestly she's kind of a weirdo too and again uh referencing nearly near the beginning of the book because i'm again i was near the beginning of the book but there's a part where he, he tells um one of the gang one of the other um one of the i think he's talking to, you know, to Susan James and her yeah. and her, her group of alters um, Yeah, we haven't gang. talked about the gang we'll have we yeah. Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk uh, let's talk about the characters in a minute, but he's talking to the gang and he's telling them like about, you know, his gr- he's they're like, "Oh, you had a girlfriend?" and he's like, "Yeah." You know, and he's you know, he tells them about like about like a funny quote-unquote joke that he told about game theory and and your birthday and he's like, "You told your girlfriend this?" and she's like he, he's you know, he's like, "Yeah." And she's like and you still had a girlfriend after? Because <laughs> I would have dumped your ass.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: you poor know. Siri. Poor Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, It's really interesting. I mean, I think they would have had a rough relationship even outside of the context of the world in which they live. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, a world in which... Like at at one point, you know, she's upset at Siri for creating an art, like a, basically an AI version of her to have VR sex with. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He's like, why? <laughs> why is he's like based on her? Why is she upset? Yeah.
1: He's like, literally, everyone I know does this. Yeah, you know. And,
2: well, and also, like, most of the people he knows are. It's like having sex with your body in that's real space. Weird. That's ugh, How complicated and not optimal. Meats so the like, and, and whereas Chelsea yeah. is like, mm, that's the thing to do. She's like, I'm very weirdo. Old, weirdo. Yeah. Weirdo. What's
0: her job? What she do?
2: Uh, she was a neural. I was going to say she's a neural tweaker, but basically a she. Neuroesthetist. Yeah, she could take your. Uh, she can tweak your responses to. She can edit memories out. She can tweak your responses to old traumas. Uh, your pathways. She can. She can yeah, she, she can, can rewire your, your neural pathways, pathways to make you happy or make you not remember that argument your parents had or whatever. But that's that's, the, that's, got that's so good at that. that cool. She's out of a job as well.
3: Damn! Surprisingly,
2: Star- about oh, Siri it does not work out so well. Yes. What do, what do you think?
0: Do you think, it, do you think it would be a good idea to just edit out trauma out of a human oh.
1: pathway?
2: There's a there's a really good book called The Body Keeps the Score, uh, all I, about
1: I, I think that. I've heard of that. So I would I strongly recommend. I think it's questionable. I think there's something to be said for reducing the severity of the recall of traumatic hmm. memories. Okay. Okay. Right. Because that is a problem that people with traumatic memory really struggles with. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, um, and there are different ways to do that, and there, you know, there are potentially, you know, direct, you know, neural or or chemical or, or whatever ways to do that. Um, in cases of bad trauma, you know, people talk about yeah. that. That's kind of, um, you know, therapies that people get nowadays. There, there are certain, you know. Uh, medications and stuff that help reduce the severity of 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 your anxiety and your and and your ability to recall traumatic memories but yeah i I think ultimately saying just like forgetting them completely is probably a bad idea Didn't work out for jim carrey yeah but like at the same time you know this is i think this has come up in our podcast a bunch kuya is this the the fallibility of our memory anyway
3: yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah our
1: memories are so are so fucked up half the time anyway like our memories are an impressionist,
2: impressionist painting yeah of what happened they are not a record
1: yeah
0: the experience of human consciousness is so dumb
2: <laughs> it's so you dumb. Know, it's the it's only so... game in town that's no. a so little no, bandwidth,
1: Come on. It's so crappy, it's so analog and clunky. It's just like
2: God. I've been, you know, as, as, as difficult it is as it has been over the years, uh, like net, I feel like net positive, and I also think that my attitude, my optimism and my attitude that life is net positive is really just a trick that I'm playing on myself. Like it's like I simultaneously believe the terrible, pessimistic, deterministic thing and the romantic, beautiful thing.
4: Uh, <laughs> there you go. Just,
2: which just goes to prove your point that it's a big mess. In,
0: in the that's head. that's quantum computing. What you're describing.
1: Yeah.
2: I believe I believe value judgments are are
1: all in, are all in the mind and completely subjective. Well, what isn't up. all in the mind? So point to something that is not in the mind. So. Deciding whether something all
2: good or, or whether or
1: not something is all good or all bad is, is just.
2: Well, sure. Everything's a gradient. Yeah. There's there's no there's no there are no binaries. But like, still, we have to figure out how, where we what we think of things. Where where do we sit on that that scale? Or at least that's I think how we experience meaning is we- those, those gradients and how they intersect. Anyway, this book, a book
1: about weird tentacle monsters in outer space, makes you think about all this shit.
0: Mostly. We didn't even talk about the tentacle monsters.
2: We didn't even talk about the tentacle monsters. When I
0: was was talking about shadow monsters, shadow people, that's what I was talking about.
2: Yeah, are you you alone in the room? Yeah. Because these scramblers can... The scramblers is the name of the... uh, well, we don't know if they're aliens. We don't know if they're aliens or if they're their version of a hammer. Like, it, it's yeah. bi- it appears to be biological.
0: Biological. Yes. In paradise. that it replicates a creature that appears to live. squishy. It has proteins. Yeah. Kind
4: of.
1: But it also can't exist outside of a, specializ- a specialized environment, namely the interior uh, of Rorschach.
2: Right. So is it Any a part more of than the a salmon can well is a salmon a part of the stream you know exactly we don't know i mean
3: i think that, we could be pretty clear on the salmon but well i don't know you want to talk about the stream
1: you say okay oh, you but say, but you, the stream is is it a network say, of
4: yeah yeah exactly uh-huh, you, say, yeah,
1: you say what's the definition of stream is it just the water is it is it are you? But are you? The actually, algae is it? The rocks
4: is, the, the rain, is it? Right. The
1: the like I'm talking to you about the context of the stream and of like you know using it as a resource of like, well, let's go down to the stream. I'm hungry. I'm obviously talking about the fucking salmon in the stream. I'm not talking about the water.
4: <laughs> what if it's a stream
1: of consciousness, bro?
0: Yeah. Oh, stream uh-huh. data. The primal data stream that we will all return oh, yeah. to. Yeah. Till so all are one i think this has all happened before and it will all happen again i think we are 15 layers deep in a matrix that recycles us into computational power over and over again while bangs get big and time runs in a loop and good news the universe is shaped like a donut i'm
2: okay with that yeah it seems as likely to me as you know any of the other explanations
0: or we across. go down into the mycelium and become fungus gods. Ooh. Well,
2: I'd
4: it's
0: okay
2: hard to pass a good god. mycelium.
1: Yeah, I'd be okay with being a fungus god.
4: <laughs>
1: um, you
2: mentioned we hadn't talked about the characters. I would love to Yeah. So there's,
1: Well, I,
0: sp- I really, I think specifically I was saying we haven't talked about the, was, gang. the,
1: the one character that is called the gang. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've, well, we've talked about we've talked about several characters well, we like about talked about Siri
0: and yeah. Yuka
1: and, yeah. and not I mean about the rest of the crew of the, yeah and yeah. not talked about the rest of the post humans yeah so they call them well they sort of jokingly and i think but also kind of seriously call themselves post humans because the people who are crewing the dcs um are by by any 20 you know early 21st century measure not human anymore most hmm. of them are packed with implants cybernetic implants chemical drugs and cocktails and they have extensively modified
3: they're all
0: taking anti
1: their bodies and minds they have yeah they're all taking anti because they want to be worried about fucking while they're busy trying to talk to the aliens the aliens don't want to see that shit yeah, let's not, aliens, let's not let's not embarrass You Want to see that shit? And we don't want you don't to aliens, yeah. You don't show the aliens that shit yeah. on the first date.
0: That's just not right. how you show up. You don't show up being like, "Here's how we fuck."
1: Yeah, I mean, I know we sent you that risky, risque photo on the
2: Voyager, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't just walk up to the table and sort of slap down. You know, yeah. this is what I've got. What have you got? You know. <laughs>
0: Let's check it. Let's put it all out. Let's check it out.
2: Does, does this interface in any way with what yeah. you've got? I don't know. Because that's
0: what we're really, that's what we really yeah. need to know. That's the how Mass does, Effect version. How does this, co- yeah, travel. right, yep, exactly. Yeah, Mass Effect, yeah. Well, bang. Which okay. parts Do you have go any holes together? or rods? Yeah, whatever's happening. Anyway. Yeah. There's the yeah.
1: tentacles, yeah. What's happening yeah. at the back of your head? Commander Shepard would have been so ill-suited to meet R- uh, Rorschach. Boy, oh that would God. be a
0: real. Fun, that would be. Let's get in. This is
1: my favorite. Consciousness on the
2: Citadel.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, the um, gang is super cool.
4: Yeah, the gang. Um, so
1: there's there's the gang. Who is um, Susan James? Uh, is is the mother or the first of the gang? So, basically, the gang is a super interesting concept where. Um, watts imagines uh disassociative dis, uh identity disorder um not as a disorder but as a uh deliberately uh done thing to a person's parallel processing body. a form of parallel processing said it's not
2: really parallel because they they can't all operate at once but they They're, do though there's a they, thing that cruncher talks, says they talk uh, after probably. they go into rorschach uh where he Juka pulls them up one by one after that like sphincter thing closes one of them off. And Juka's like, what did you see? What did you see? And crunchers like mom sent me some data to look at. I'm busy. I'm still looking at it. Like leave me alone. So they actually do do stuff, but they can't drive the body all at once. Okay. No, wait, you're right.
1: And um, yeah, to the, to the appearance of somebody interacting with them, it's usually they're going to interact with one person at a time. Usually. Um, But she's got um, four personalities down there, herself, um, or perhaps more, Um, uh, herself, um, an identity called Cruncher, which is a sort of, like, mathematical savant.
0: Michelle Um, and Sasha.
1: Michelle and Sasha. And and they're all, like, four different things. They're all four different, like, sort of social or psychological or, you know, sort of, like, linguistic processing purposes, because she's a linguist
0: um yeah she's here to talk to the chinese room
2: yeah right yeah michelle is the uh, synesthes well i don't know what you would call it if you experience synesthesia yeah she's she's,
1: she's
4: a synesthetic. synesthetic yeah
2: yeah
1: um so uh yeah and and again this is like something that um it's, it's interesting because she talks about, about how people view identity dissociative identity disorder
3: um, and she's like, you know, it's it's now, the now of this story is like, you can do it
1: in a way that doesn't involve, like, like it doesn't involve like horrible trauma because most of the right. people who experienced this disorder in the real world, modern times, you know, do it as a result of like, terrible trauma and a way of dealing with that trauma they create an identity to take that trauma for them or to like be good there's all kinds of things like yeah um so but this is done on purpose to to create other identities to like like kind of be part of your family but inside your head um she views these other personalities as like her children but
2: also like as herself in like a Mm -hmm. weird way
0: yeah
1: um they are
2: not altars. Yeah. Yeah. Don't call them that, says Sasha. Yeah. These are, Th- these, are like, um, these are like like the children of her mind. You just can't
3: release them into another body because that's not possible yet with the technology they have.
2: Maybe she's But that's that's kind of the concept, you know. I was just trying to find a reference for it, but I I can't. take it up that I've seen noted that uh, people say that. Um, Rorschach made some edits and created a fifth inside of James. In, and I have wow. I, it's been like 10 years since I've read this and yes. I'm only halfway through now. That's the thing oh, that happens damn. because oh. James, James uh, uh, she goes nuts.
1: Yeah. And there's is, there's is, um it I, I it's, it basically says it. It says it or it it it, it
2: implies it heavily.
1: Yeah, that is like oh okay this is what happens is is uh, rorschach through the through the mental through because they keep they keep going inside rorschach
2: to explore Just marinating in it's radioactive electromagnetic yeah. fields yeah and it is and getting tumors cut out of them afterwards yeah it's an extraordinarily unhealthy environment big
1: for powers. it's like it's like it's like descending into a fusion reactor you know it's like it's just glowing in radiation and like super powerful electrical fields because that's how it powers itself and that's how it powers its scramblers.
0: Um, they're losing just... contact with their senses, they're hallucinating, they they can't they can't see the scramblers until they can.
1: <laughs> yeah. These are things terrible that terrible shit. These are, these are real things that happen to human minds, to human brains too, when when subjected to electrical, you know, currents in various various ways and places. So, um, this is all based on, on real science of the human mind. Um, yeah. And it, it's basically Rorschach using the electrical fields, edited a fifth into her basically. And, and use it as a,
4: uh,
1: <laughs> fifth column. Yeah. <laughs> use it as an infiltrator to, to, to do damage inside the, the inside of Theseus. hmm um so aside from from the gang susan james there's uh amanda bates she's the soldier robot lady Her backstory is super fun
0: not a robot lady a commander of robots a lady with many robots
1: the the implication too though is she is also packed with implants yeah and probably like military cyborg implants so she's you know she's not a she
0: she has the they most don't... whole original human brain among the bunch. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think
4: maybe it, the
0: maybe the first Doctor
1: Spatzler. Yeah, I think I, the the image I have of her involve a lot of implants that are not like brain implants, like the right. of these people, as much yeah. as they are like war fighting implants. Sure. Yes, X. Yeah, body modification. Yeah, shooting. I didn't ask for this, and <sighs> I bombs out of your spine and shit.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Cyrax. Um, There's the guy who spindle. has... Is there
0: Spindle? Yeah. And the guy Spind- who has yeah. removed spindle. all of his sensory organs.
2: Yeah. And he smokes cigarettes. Uh, Cunningham, I think, is the one yeah, with Yeah, that's face. the second one, yeah. Yeah. He smokes well, cigarettes with all, his all face, of his... His face was an accident, but
1: yeah. Yeah, Spindle is a biologist and he's...
0: Sorry for wired. talking about two different people at the same
1: time. He's, right yeah, there. he's wired all of his senses into these cybernetic implants. Yeah, he's basically. Well, that's the
0: second about. guy. That's the second guy.
1: Wait, no, the second guy. The first guy. The first guy's done something similar to that too, but different.
0: I, yeah, I think yeah. spin, spindle. Is it Spindel? Spinzel? One spin,
1: of
2: Something. He, like that's that the that guy. I, that's theater. the
0: guy I said was the first doctor. That seems mostly human. He's replaced yeah, by yeah. a guy who has. Torn off all his eyeballs and stuff, but still walks around smoking cigarettes. But is full of, his head is full of hardware, and all of his yeah. sensory organs are gone.
2: Yes, Spindle's a funny one because he's like uh, he's tampered with his body to such a degree that he's got all kinds of um, like he has biofeedback gloves Cunningham. so that he could feel uh no spindle has the gloves oh okay. He's, okay he's the one he's the one that gets drilled with the laser right um, okay I'll, just, all
0: right, I'll let you yeah. guys go now okay sorry. so
2: he has yeah. like all this stuff that's like yeah. well it's but it's, it's interesting padding. it's a dichotomy because siri says that uh spindle treats him with the most humanity of yeah. any one of the crew yeah. like he's like he wasn't a friend but he was nice to me yep. um but he, from like a mechanical point of view, he's like very distributed across the ship, whereas Cunningham is like super cold mm-hmm. um, but I think he's more i don't remember, but I think he's more biologically off from the outside uh, he seems more human, although he doesn't have any facial affect because yeah. of like a some nerves yeah. that got screwed up with his yeah, doing just, this yeah stuff. exactly denil is described as having
1: like a bunch of like visible implants as having like these ticks and like these yeah. these like twitches because he's rewired his nervous system
2: to these machines because they they've all done that they've all Yeah. yeah. All, yeah. like well, There's all, a point where like, he takes like, some uh, a blood sample from Siri and then he's like basically describing how it tastes not like how does the blood taste like if you taste blood but he's like oh there's this much you know plasma and there's right. this many platelets or whatever his like he's experiencing it as taste sensory data they all have because some kind
0: of like an internal hud or data transfer between yeah the consensus. They all has, yeah they
1: consensus. all have the consensus they all have the basic this is what this is what i consider now in almost any science fiction i read quote unquote the basic implant set which is
4: <laughs> okay. right
1: a cell phone in your eye yep you can you can make calls, you can communicate, you can get on the internet, Text. and it all throws everything up on a on HUD. a screen in your in your HUD in in your vision. You can do AR, you can do augmented reality, you can it's just and it's all in your mind, it's all in your brain, it's Google glasses, it's your phone, it's it's everything, except you don't have to carry it, it's all just implanted in your head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I call the basic sci-fi. implant. Nowadays. Yeah, it's the basic this, package. Because it's in everything. I see it in like so much science fiction nowadays. Well, the
2: second it came out, it would be the thing—a thing that everybody
1: had. had. Yeah. You guys, you guys, watch much Futurama? No. No. A, you know the Sorry. you. You're all aware of that Futurama meme. Take my money.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. That is from an episode where they're making fun of the iPhone, and they call it the I, as in eyeball. Yeah. Oh, and it's, EYE. And it looks like it looks like a little Bluetooth thing, except you shove it right in your fucking eyeball. <laughs> and uh you take, know, take my yeah. And it's uh yeah, and that's and that's what it does. It's I'll, I'll it's, iPhone, it's in
2: your I, brain. Let me tell you yeah. when and that's, I was, and that's the joke too, is like, I'll take two. <laughs> take I know that money. uh <laughs> like people talking about their dreams is generally extremely boring and uh, so I don't want to go on a length but yeah, when it. I was about like I'm going to do it anyway yeah. when I was about 16 I had a dream uh, that I had had my eyes replaced with like augmentation eyes that had like better uh, they could see infrared they could zoom they could take photos They had all this crazy stuff and then you know the dream was really cool and then I started seeing ads and I realized that I hadn't read the EULA yeah. and that they could port ads directly into my sensorium and there was nothing I could do and I couldn't make it stop oh, and it was not a very fun dream after that
0: is that um, an episode yeah. of Black Mirror?
2: It, I mean it probably is yeah. now <laughs> but that was yeah. in like, no, no. in the think. real world there
1: are cybernetic eyes that let people who are blind see there there are, a, there are. there is a company that produced these eyes for several like hundreds of people oh, no. the company oh, went no. under the eyes are not replaceable That's, yeah, they don't show ads I hope they don't show ads no but like all these people who are having technical problems with the eyes the, the company has no support for their implant right? eyes you know that, that you know said that oh they would fix them for people or they can do something for people that company's gone under no one's producing any any model like that so and they're implanted in their head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: god damn that's, yeah, that's really and
1: I mean you can take them out again you get surgery you take them out but it's like Good like, Lord. Good Lord. Yeah,
2: that's the, the real fear for augmentation. But that's my like, computer today just, and I can't run half the programs I use.
1: Yeah, but that's just like one little thing, like for one thing that exists right now. Yeah. You know? And again, like, you know, when I was a kid, when I was like 20 years old, I was like, oh the implants are gonna be so fucking cool. It's gonna be so cool to have cyberware and implants and stuff. Now I'm like Jesus. <laughs> I think I'll pass. Yeah, no. I work in information
2: security. No. I don't no. like getting... I don't like getting surgery. Like... <laughs> <of> the smartest <laughs> piece of equipment in my house is a printer and now I have a hammer I... next to it in case it looks at me funny. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, let's be real.
1: Now that I've had surgery, I had to have surgery a few times in my life. Yeah, it no sucks. Tanks. I'm not going to get surgery just for fun. On my I don't face? Know. I don't know how people get, pla- you know, plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery. It's like you willingly let people cut you up with knives for fun just to look better. Like like I had to get some people to cut me up with knives to like try and save if. my life. Right. You know, yeah. and I wasn't too comfortable with that, but I did it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it for any other reason than that though. I, you know,
0: I feel like when people think about Well, first of all, eyeball surgery is insane. But when people think about any kind of elective surgery, or when people are, I, I, the first, my first thought is like, you cannot, you must not be thinking about the what the
1: recovery is going to be like. I guess so. From surgery, like goddamn. Different different people. I mean, you know, everybody. Speaking of consciousness again, everybody experiences pain and recovery and stuff in different ways. You know. You know, people, different people have different pain I certainly experienced different uh, recovery
2: differently in my 20s. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah, let say that again.
1: They, they beat the aliens at the end? Um, and they, I mean, Echopraxia turns around and says, guess what? No, they
2: didn't. Yeah, they I was going to say, well, <laughs> I mean, from, from just blind sight, my takeaway was that it's kind of a fifty-fifty whether that's even Siri in the pod right. that's going back towards Earth. Yeah. Like, I don't think it is. Oh, right. Well, like... well, I mean, the local battle of Theseus versus oh, they, Rorschach. they they blew up the.
1: They blew up the Theseus and it blew up Rorschach. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. They, therefore, you can count it as a human win because Rorschach was a lot bigger and tougher than Theseus.
2: Yeah. Um, presumably a greater investment of resources. Whatever. But yes. It's a panspermia type thing. In which case, I don't give a shit.
1: And again, in Echopraxia, it doesn't
2: even matter. Siri Keaton is
1: not Siri Keaton and it's the Trojan horse because a different Trojan horse gets to Earth from a different route and kills everyone anyway. It doesn't matter.
0: Cool. I can't wait to read it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't really like Echopraxia very much. I like the ideas of it. Um, The the main character is even more of a piece of shit than Siri Keaton.
4: Oh, wow.
2: Siri Keaton is Siri Keaton kind of, is he's you know what? Terry <laughs> I like Siri Keaton. I, I, I like him.
1: No no no. Here's the thing about Siri Keaton is you kinda of like him because he's he's telling you the story. He's kind of a shithead. Mm-hmm. He's um he he's manipulative. Partly because and you can I mean justify you can justify he is what saying. he is. You can justify by saying he's so manipulative because mm-hmm. he he uses that as a survival tool. He needs to do that because he doesn't process emotions properly but he's not a robot he did you know and he is conscious and he does have emotions and feelings he just doesn't and i think that's kind of what all of the stories about him and his relationship with chelsea have to do
3: with the whole rest of the book is that despite all his 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 uh
1: claiming to want to be an objective observer and um, a sort of, like, passive, unbiased translator of information and data. He's very strongly biased. He's got his own very strong biases, and he's got his own very strong feelings. And part of his problem is that he is really, he doesn't understand his own feelings, and he doesn't understand his own emotions. And he justifies that by saying, well, I'm just a robot. I'm just, I I don't have real emotions because half of my brain was cut away when I was a kid. Like that's like his whole relationship with Chelsea. And then later on getting the shit beating out, beat out of him by Juca Sarasi and his reaction to that. And then what goes on afterwards just proves that, that he is, in he fact, has a lot of feelings and he has a lot of feelings and that he has, you know, he's not a robot anymore. And, and yeah, something in him changed probably, not probably, definitely like when yeah. he had that surgery. Um, but he had to reinvent
2: himself as a new person. Um, it's not and, so much the existence of his feelings as his relationship to his and others. Yes. And I think damaged. that's
1: Yeah. And there's kind of some tragedy there because he decided to reinvent himself as kind of an asshole.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, Some people do.
2: Yeah. It's like the I mean, he basically is putting himself in the position of saying, I see the game that you're all playing. I'm right. above it,
4: yeah. and yeah. so
2: I'm yeah. not participating in the game. But the problem is, if you're going to be involved in a system with other human beings, you are playing the game. You don't opt out. Well, there's opting out, right. and there's only one way to do it, and you don't come back. Right.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, it's, it's you know to, to look at it from the other side too. You know, he describes the way he describes his relationship with his parents is extremely screwed up. Yep, his dad yep. is his dad is not a normal dude. And his, dad his mom is not okay. Is not his mom is not okay emotionally, you know. And again, I I I, said, I think I said before that like the the description that we have of her is very biased, and we should kind of you know avoid taking it at face value. But at the same time, you know, there's probably something to it, right? Well, it, it,
4: if
2: if sound, the things is that he remembers great. about certain events can be taken, like if we strip away what her motivation from them was, they're still pretty ugly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Yeah, but he is much more uh, likable and affable in his the way he tells the story than the character in Ecopraxia, as which was what you were where where you were going. I think. Oh yeah, the character in Ecopraxia is like. He's this hard guy. to be around yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy fucking this guy fucking sucks this guy's well, he's just the, the problem it's really hard to write a coward uh in a way that is likable, and I'm not talking you know cowardice, I don't mean like being afraid because everyone's afraid. everyone's afraid all the time. That's not what I'm describing as cowardice. I mean, he's like sort of an unrepentant like <sighs> craven he's just he yeah. doesn't yeah. Yeah, no that's yeah. Is, yeah.
1: Is, it's not it's not just it's not just that he is cowardly, is that is that is his defining personality trait is that he runs away from
2: every problem that he faces. Also help. he all all problems that occur in his universe seem the way that he seems to self-narrate them are that they are imposed upon him and that he's like a helpless in the face of all of these problems that are being done to him.
4: Yeah, okay. um,
2: and that's he's, really not. He's a hapless. I mean, yeah, he's, he's he such an hapless. ant among gods, but he's, he's such hapless. a hapless. He's such a hapless dweeb. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's, he's so
1: he's so unrepentant about being such a hapless dweeb, and he uses it as an excuse to be a piece to be a piece of shit. He's like, yeah. oh, so he's like all these terrible things that have happened because of me is only because I'm a hapless dweeb. It's not because it's only I'm because a I'm a coward.
4: Person.
1: I'm not actually a bad
2: person. Like, if you want to look at uh, how to write uh, someone who is scared all the time and says they're a coward and is resonant, look at Samuel Tarly from Game of Thrones, right? Who okay. is saying yeah, he's yeah. chicken and running away all the time, but is actually a good dude. Okay, yeah. Uh, you yeah. Yeah. No, like Sam Sam can't do that character.
3: Sam yeah, Tarly's right. great. Do you think he wrote the, the Game of Thrones?
2: The Throne of Gaming? No.
3: You don't think Sam
0: Tarly writes the Oh
2: did Sam did Samuel Tarly write? I thought you meant uh did Yeah, I just conflating the two books there. Um
0: wait, what's the other book?
2: The one the The Echopraxia. Oh
0: sorry, okay, did, okay. Did Samuel
2: did 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 uh Peter Watts write Game of Thrones. That's like, I'm not even sure if this no. is
0: a real theory or if it only has something to do with like the intro to the T V show or something, but I heard that oh, Samuel he Tarly it. writes down all those stories and he's the narrator. And the, the tome is called A Song of Ice and Fire that's passed oh, down. Right, yeah. right, 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 huh.
3: right.
0: It honestly might only be because there's a of long hints in the intro.
2: literary tradition of people named Sam writing down long adventures. Uh, or at least the, the, that other one from Lord of the Rings. That one other
0: Sam. There's at least another. Yeah. There's, there's at, least, at least one. There's at least one other important Sam yeah. that
2: we're gonna, we'll talk about eventually.
1: So, yeah, one, one other important Sam sidekick.
0: I was, of course, talking about Sam Porter Bridges.
2: Uh, scramblers are okay. Yeah, the scramblers are like—I mean, what a terrifying antagonist! Yeah, just it like it's not—it doesn't hate you. It's not programmed to want to take you out. It's not a monster like the Terminator. It's not, you know, it's just, it's it's not even, it, it's not indifferent, but it's not indifferent to you either. And yeah, it, it wants, you're basically it wants, like... It
3: wants to know about you. It wants,
2: it's, it wants it's, to know about you so that it can destroy you.
4: And,
3: and you're you're
2: you're, you're uh, the, like the best money you can bring a bear. Bad TV. Stop broadcasting this bad TV <laughs> I, mean, I, turn mean, I feel it the same fuck way. off. Please stop broadcasting all of the bad TV. Um.
0: Someone fly over to that planet and shut it the fuck off.
2: <laughs> yeah, that one's on the fritz. Turn oh, it man. off. Someone get these guys to shut
1: the fuck up. And that this. Is- that is what killed humanity. We couldn't shut the fuck up.
0: Seems likely.
2: We said on a pod- we, we say yeah, and agree yeah. on a podcast. Yeah, was, talking I was, I was, from from Talking, the talking and talking. But also, the fact that like the smartest human being is like the mental equivalent of wet tissue paper in front of a scrambler. Yes.
0: Yeah. Which may or may not even be a whole entity or being or part of a network or... And also they can adapt to your... They can read your sensory profile of what you're looking at and sensing and they can
1: hide in the blind yeah. spots of your vision. Every every cell of their body yeah. is a computational substrate. They yes. don't have brains. They, they are brains. Because all their parts or brains as well as doing all the other stuff.
2: Astronaut pointing at astronaut. It always was. Yep. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: So that's Sight
0: by Peter Watts. And I, I, I give it a five out of five. I don't know. Hell I, yeah. I've never had yeah, a it's rating system before. It's, a, it's great. It's all the yeah. ratings, whatever my rating system it's is. It's eight
2: tentacles out of eight.
0: It's eight out of eight, yeah. It's a tour de force.
3: Yeah, it
1: will, it will depress you. Yes. It will make you think, what is it good for?
0: It's a doomer, what but is,
3: for doomers. What is, what,
1: is, what is the whole point? But at the same time, um,
3: it brings up some things we're thinking about.
0: Who needs a mind when a mind can be broken?
3: All right, Tina. <laughs> yeah uh, thank you
0: both so much and like let's do it again we'll see what other kinds of... yeah let's talk about Kindred the Embrace but also I don't mean to wrap it up before getting final final thoughts so I I do want to say thank you both and make sure that I say it but yeah anything thank
2: else you, yeah thank you thank you for awesome yeah, I, this is a lot of fun
0: thank you for both recommending this and mentioning this book to me because
1: yeah, good recommendation. Yeah, I wish I wish I remember who recommended it to me first. Yeah,
0: 2006.
2: I wish I did. You not, to me to everyone I knew, basically. Yeah. Like maybe, proselytizing the Church of Blind Sight.
1: Yeah, maybe I found it. I don't know. Maybe maybe someone maybe it was recommended to me by a person, but maybe maybe it was just something I picked up off or saw yeah. a review of on IO9 or something.
2: I don't know.
0: Okay, so that is, yeah, that's Blind Sight by Peter Watts. I was like, wow, okay, what are we talking about? What have I just been listening to for two or three hours? Okay, yeah, Blind Sight, Peter Watts, great, very good book, recommend it. Spaceship, science fiction, vampire book, but you know all that now because you listened to us talk about it for a couple hours. Um... yeah uh yeah thank you thank you for being here thank you for listening to maybe we'll talk i've been having i've been having a summer it's been great i've been having a lot of fun it's it was awesome talking about this i look forward to talking to lock and saint again and everyone else that uh i've been talking to working on the great hunt basically going to be done with that i think we'll have probably two more episodes about that one will be sort of the penultimate and then one will be the real the full coverage of the whole book kind of like Yeah, that's sort of how we did the last one. So when, yeah, if we cover a book in parts, I don't know. Who cares? Why do I talk about my format? I talked about my schedule, and then did I talk about audio issues for a little while? And now the format. These are all, like, very boring things that I love to go on and on about. I I feel like, I guess it's sort of part of, I guess it's just things I think about. And so then as I begin kind of explaining what's coming up next, my process sometimes emerges if I've been, you know, smoking marijuana, whatever, who cares, shut up. Uh, So yeah, speaking of what's coming up, uh, the next talk that we have, uh, that we're going to have, that will be up within a few days, that I've already had, (laughs) is with my friend Shell, also known on the internet as Cal Gala, who I used to play linked to the past with, a long time ago, and I've known on the internet for several years. We think this is the first time we've talked. <laughs> we weren't quite sure, but, uh, yeah, she likes The Legend of Zelda a lot, it turns out, and she talked to me about it a lot, so the next episode of this is gonna be her talking about Legend of Zelda a lot, uh... I've had no internet this weekend. Yeah, that's what was. Yeah, this weekend is real out of sorts. I was like, did something. I was actually thinking to myself when I was babbling about all my bullshit, did something kind of knock me out of sorts? Because it's been a weird weekend and some other stuff has been going on and I've been, you know, nothing. All good stuff, really, juggling various (laughs) stupid projects. But, so what was I saying? Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. And, uh, yeah, very soon I will be viewing A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, and also some Kindred and the Embraced, so we'll see, yeah, who is around to join me for those, and, uh, if you want to be someone who might join me for one of those viewings, or to talk about it, you can come and say hi to me and the whole gang that makes this podcast on our Discord, which is called Town. And the link to it is, of course, a gibberish, which, you know, Discord invites are like. I don't know if you know what Discord is like, but why am I... That's not... I'm not here to explain Discord to you. Discord is a thing on the internet, and you can get a link to my Discord server by visiting my website, which is koyadk.tv. That is u y a d k.tv. TV. And, uh, yeah, you can get a link to my Discord. You can get a link to my Etsy shop. I make soap, by the way. Soap is the backbone of civilization which probably is a result of consciousness and may be some percentage of it is the result of play which we're going to talk about when we talk about sam porter bridges you can buy soap from me on etsy you get a link to that from the same place you got the link to discord TV. Uh, yeah also I got Patreon Twitch you can like all this shit you can look at all my social things and give me various small amounts of dollars over all of them so I can continue to feed my cats so really what I'm saying is it's great being here thank you so much and uh, yeah more of these are coming soon thanks